All right, guys, welcome to another episode. So first part, I'm just going to go through quickly because... What's up, boys? What's up, Leva? Looking good, Leva. I like that yeah, outfit. That is a good TV outfit, and it suits your personality. It's my workout. It's my work outfit, actually. It's my workout outfit, actually. It suits the personality. There's no I liberal... Wear, and... I, wear, I wear Barry's Aloha shirts when I'm out on the water. It's, it's, it's a nice feeling. I like the total feeling of summer. Yeah. All right. Oh. So let me let me first just review the uh, the Jeter episode, episodes five and six. So very fast. It was the most disappointing episode of the series because they tried to. So I'll give you first what I liked. They showed Jeter's toughness, the way he fought through injuries, 2012. They right. also brought up his Joel Sherman brought it up his lack of leadership dealing with a rod. So I was glad that was brought up. So those were good things that they touched on. However, a rare, was, misstep. A rare misstep by the captain in a way. A rare misstep by the captain. Yeah, there. I mean, let's the way he dealt. He was the leader. He was the captain. That clubhouse was bad during those mid two thousands when it was his team. There's no. But it's showing he's not a robot. Basically, in a way, maybe talking about this failure to kind of like. Yeah. Capture the clubhouse and they, he's they human. Thing, it actually shows that he's not a robot. He actually is a human being yeah. that is shocker capable of making mistakes. Yep. One of the things that we always loved about Jeter is it seemed he never ever made a misstep. Like, yeah, he was always right thing, he yeah. did the right thing. Right, right, right. The captain so, was always immune from criticism. He never got it's it. Not, not, it's not that he was immune from criticism, it's that he just really very rarely did anything that was really worthy of being criticized. He yep. let his – the big thing about him is that he let his play on the field basically – that was him. That was his voice. His actual voice was not his voice, you know? Yep. So let me – anyway, let me get to why, especially it was a double episode five and six, why episode five was so disappointing right. because, listen, I love sports documentaries. Over the past two weeks, I've right. seen stuff on Bill Russell, Joe right. Lewis, Muhammad Ali, all these guys – Race is part of their story. They face racism. They were activists. And it's intriguing documentaries. What happened here, the uh, the director, Randy Wilkins, he tried to put race into something. The thing where it wasn't. Jared right. Jeter was not an activist while he played. He didn't talk about race. They talked about media. Jeter literally says in the documentary... It was on purpose why I was a boring interview. <laughs> I did this on purpose. I didn't want any distractions from baseball. He talked about in the documentary when the Yankees won, they were the toast of the town. So he mentions, all I did was talk about baseball. We were treated like gold as Yankees. And then this whole episode, the whole episode five, a big part of it was about media and race. Jeter was a boring interview. And race Always. was and race wasn't an issue. He never talked about race in his career. No. And so it's like, for example, they had they had this. Let me just get the quote. So they brought in. Uh, so this was a biracial journalist from the Chicago Tribune, and she said, "I think Derek Jeter is not considered on the list of great black major league players because he's biracial." That is not a – no one talked about the list of top – People didn't even know he was black. Exactly. I just heard Jackson, guys. Didn't even know. Nobody did, did, cared. Did, did, that journal, did 
did that journalist ever did that journalist cover Jeter during his career? I doubt it. I doubt it. So She's she from the Chicago like Tribune. And like, oh yeah, hey, could you talk about this baseball player that you've probably never watched play before? Exactly. It was that's so her the, opinion. The, the opinion is basically pointless. Yeah, it was. She's not a Yankee beat writer, so that's my point. They were they were trying right. to fit in, and it's to me, it's not a knock. Jeter was all baseball. He we no right no, he, and that's what he was in his career. He people loved him, and you don't have to try and make something where it well, wasn't I think, there. You know, we love Jeter for what you're saying. We love him for he was all about his performance between the lines. Yeah, and right. I think what's frustrating is these documentary makers, they kind of use Jeter as a pawn to sort of fit that mold of modern documentaries where you have to make it about race. It's ESPN. He, he never played that game back then. It sounds like I know. And I, they're kind of using him to right. fit that, that documentary template. And it's like, he's not the guy to use. Like Zav said, you use Bill Russell, you use Muhammad Ali. Their story was about race. Jeter's story was about... Quiet winning. leadership between the lines. And Being was, a Yankee and winning. That was winning. Jeter. That's why we loved him. Well, His per, he was a silent performer. Mr. Torrey, winning World Series, getting the job done. That was their Jeter. That well, to be Jeter. honest, it felt like Jeter was also trying to talk more about it. He talked about – but the thing is, Jeter today – I think Jeter now is an older guy. He's more into social issues, talking about it. But back in the day, he ignored it a hundred percent. So you can't try and right put it where it isn't. So yeah, that was a disappointing. Today's the last episode tonight at ten o'clock. There's one thing I'm tuning in for. Again, I think they're going to talk about his family, all that stuff. It's going to be pretty, right. pretty at a lot. Enjoy that. Well, no, the one thing I'm interested in is another one of his, you could call it a failure, his, his time as owner of the Marlins, how he stepped away this year. He came in, he made all these bold moves, and the team didn't really get better. And then he just stepped away and said it was because they weren't going in the direction he wanted. I'm interested to see if he says anything about that or how it's presented, if they present it as a failure or a success so that's what i'm interested in because i don't think of it as a failure we got giancarlo stanton for a pack of for like a washing machine basically well, so as a yankees fan i think i think he's been working for the yankees the whole time <laughs> so as a yankee fan he's been a better gm recently than brian cashman has i was even working for the team um okay so move on <laughs> the trade deadline so I'll Actually, go to before, each of you. before we get to the trade deadline, I got one question to somebody who's not watched any of the fan, any of the episodes, but is a you know Leva, your camera's big moving Yankees. a little bit. Keep it still. Okay. Big Jay Yankees fan. Have you learned a lot watching this documentary stuff that we didn't know about Derek Jeter? Like, is this really like have there been a lot of eye-opening moments in terms of wow, I had no idea about this guy? And I'm asking this because you and I, you know, the three of us. You know, we consume the fan. We watch the documentaries on Yes. You know, we watch Center Stage. You know, we watch all that stuff. So we know a lot about Jeter going into this thing. Has this documentary really, is it really kind of like opened the curtains on a lot of things that we never knew about? Well, you know, let, let me jump in on this. From the episodes I saw, I didn't learn anything new, but it right. reminded me of things I forgot. Okay. All right. And that was awesome. Just certain World Series plays. 
like that one play where he, you know, a reliever came in, he threw over to first on the first pitch, then he stole second on the next pitch, scored on, the, you know, I, I don't even remember that happening. So it was cool just in a few hours to be reminded of what right on. was between the lines. Right on, right on. I'll say they have cool little tidbit. For example, in one of the episodes, last, maybe it was last episode, episode before, Jeter talked about how he looks fastball and a, and a fastball right down the middle and adjusts right. to anything else that comes. But the thing, it was, the thing TD brought in, there was a pitch out, he didn't run. Then the next pitch, he steals base, scores on the next hit. There are these moments, but they're very short. They're, it's not a focus of the documentary, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. I understand. I so understand. You, if you're I'm listening carefully, they'll... I'm just asking to see if it really like, blew your mind. Like, no. If there's any kind of, like, you know, like earth nah. installations about it. You okay. know, that was Jeter's thing was, it was his game. That was, yeah, right. you know, they probably should have made all that a focus. That, that was the best part of the documentaries, was just his in-game excellence. They should have made that a bigger part of it. I agree. It's nice to see it again. It's nice to see it again. Or even evaluate his defense, because everyone talks about how he's this terrible. There was, again, there's just a little moment where Cashman right. said, the analytics have showed your defense is sliding. You need to pick it up after the 2008 season. Why not break down his game? What did he do well? What did he do poorly? They didn't get into that detailed baseball aspect. So, right. but but you, there are snippets of no, things that are interesting. They're pandering to another audience. Yeah. You got to realize who's making this documentary. Yeah, it's an it's ESPN, ESPN production. Yeah, yeah. So you got to realize that they're looking. But it's not. Ratings. So it's not really. So the documentary. Would you say? I know that there's episodes left. But would you say the documentary isn't so much directed towards guys like us, but guys exactly. that don't have as much familiarity? Exactly. It, no, it's it's made for the ESPN audience. But is it is it trying to like introduce Derek Jeter to like the next generation of baseball fans? Yeah, I'd say that. I would okay. say the best audience and from Twitter, the people who've enjoyed it the most is young Yankee fans who didn't live through all that but stuff. But they've heard all about their fathers and their Exactly. Fathers. Now they get to see it. Be like, oh my god, the Yankees when I was a kid is awesome. Yeah. Your Yankees are garbage. Right. I got you. All right. So um real fast, let's just go through grade Brian Cashman's trade deadline moves levy you go first i'm gonna give him a solid 80.5 i'm gonna give him like the almost the lowest b minus score i can give simply because i'm trying to be nice td i know you hate it and i'm, I'm gonna practice it. but the thing is is like i'm averaging it down i thought his other moves so which moves you haven't mentioned any move leva what what gives him that b minus well, I mean, I thought that he stocked up, you know, the Benintendi he got for basically nothing, Efros, Montez. I mean, he definitely did add some, you know, definitely good pieces to the team. But the subtraction of Jordan Montgomery to me was just an absolutely mind-blowingly baffling move. And you guys saw, I was on a, I was on a texting storm the second it happened. And I don't, I think that your reaction, anything that gives you that reaction doesn't deserve a B-. minus. It just doesn't. I'm giving it, a B, I'm giving it a B minus in the hopes that the return on the guy, other guys that he got and added to the team. Okay, will I'll give you. The door is still open. It's the only way you can grade it. I mean, yep. you can't All right, talk T. about. You can't talk about what these guys haven't done or what they'll do in the future. Okay, that. So, T, what's point. your grade before you start? I want. I. 
I truly believe, and to leave his point, that the future will determine the grade, and that is the only thing preventing me from giving him an F. So I'm giving him a D minus. Wow, harsh. No, but harsh. The, and the only listen to me, he gets an F. He got an F. He botched this whole thing. He botched. Now, for it. our viewing, for our viewing audience, you must we must preface. TD has a simmering, if not burning, disdain for Brian Cashman. Well, listen, you cannot, you can't stand it. He did botch it. By anyone's judgment, he totally botched this trade deadline. And the only reason why I'm giving him a D minus is because for the future, because maybe if uh, Hader or Bader next season is good and he's fast and he's a great defender. So as a move for the future, it could have been a good move because that could be the end of Hicks too. But that's why he gets a D minus. But the fact of the matter is, who cares about the future? Now right. is not the time to worry about the future when you've just made a historic Yankee, historic first half of the season. Yankee history, our best start to the season. This is the year. You cannot be focused on the future. His whole past focusing on the future has failed him. Remember, we could have got Verlander midseason. Didn't get him. Didn't want to let go of Clint Frazier. How stupid does that look? Could have got Cole midseason. Didn't do it. Wanted to hold on to his precious prospects. This year, the fact that Castillo even went to the Mariners shows that he was available. That makes this loss right. that much worse. And I guarantee all he had to do was throw in Volpe. Now, who? what is so special about Volpe? What are we saving him for? If we win this year and Castillo was the guy to get, period. Any, Cashman is so in on microeconomics, he doesn't look at the macro view. The macro view is for this deadline to be a success, we got to add Castillo. Okay. We get Cole, Castillo, and we're set. Well, the fact maybe that he's he, Let me jump in there. First of all, the Mariners gave a better package than the Yankees would have given, possibly even with Volpe. However, I see your point. Starting pitching. He got rid of Montgomery. He added Montas, and we don't know what Montas is, and he didn't get a big-time starting pitcher. He didn't and that to... was the move that yes. we needed to make. Not necessarily and... Castillo, but somebody. A big starting pitcher and be willing to give up one of the top prospects. He wasn't willing to do that. And that was yeah. the critical. I even heard, I even heard there, was, there was talk about how Glaber was even included. Oh, yeah. Gla yeah, Glaber's, yeah, Glaber's on the chart. He's going to be gone. We're not going to re-sign Glaber. But the fact is, we could have gotten an ace. And he, the, I think the reason we didn't is because he held on to his prospects, which has been a common theme of Cashman forever. It's failed a million right. times, and he still did the same tactic. Now, Next year, next year, the future, the future. If we win this year, where Castillo was the move, we don't need a future. We have. If we win this year, who cares what happens next year or the year after? You got to get a win, and this is the year to do it. Next year is not important. This is the year, and the fact that we've said this a million times, the core of our historic start to the season has been our starting five rotation. Right. Okay. And to chop a yeah. leg off, to chop a leg off of the core of what made a historic first half of the season for a center fielder to be fair though I mean, 220 and what they were losing what? with montgomery before he got traded all right I mean, so T, let me just jump into has definitely come down to earth the last month. 
Yeah, but Leva, so let me just jump in. Yes, Montgomery had a few bad starts, but he's been very solid this year. To Titi's point, the strength oh, of no, the... Oh, no, no, listen, I'm saying he's still, he's definitely solid. Yeah, your audio just cut out there for a second, Leva. Um, so I give him a B minus. I'm still here. I think Ben Attendee was a great pickup. The Yankees needed an average hitter. He bolstered the rotation, but I agree. Starting starting pitching is the key. He got rid of Montgomery. He didn't he didn't want to give up one of his prospects for an ace, and Montas has looked shaky in his first well, start. And to add insult to injury, before the move, Castillo shut us down. After the move, he shut us down twice. Montgomery shut us out. After Montas we, yeah. bombed. So, so far, it's – and we can't win. So that adds to the idea that this gut punched the clubhouse. I think this gut punched the clubhouse. To lose a start – and these guys all know the reason we're winning is our starting five. To lose that and bring in a guy that can't help you now and move for the future, I think gut punched. And we've never played worse since the moves. We have never played worse. So at worst, this move could, if we look back – if say the Yanks – Yep. What if we get knocked out in the first round? What's going to be pointed at as the re uh, uh, to what killed us? Yeah, it's probably going to be starting happened, pitching. If it's going to be the starting yeah. pitching, giving up six runs in the first inning, right? Yeah, but w what are they going to point to? Oh, they had this incredible first half of the season. Then they get knocked out in the first round. They will point to these moves. They will point to the breaking of the starting rotation for a guy for the future in in Bader. Who he's who? Yeah, but that's all right, all right. Let's Titi made your point. Let's just finish it up here. Um, a little light note. August, we've only a couple weeks left. What are you guys gonna miss the dog days of summer as we move into the fall? Leva, why do you go first? Honestly, I think it goes back to the. I think this is, ties back to our childhood. There's just something about the word September that just equals impending doom. And I don't mean this by any offense, X. I know you're a teacher. I know we're getting into your season soon. But for me, as a child, the word September just equals like the end of summer, the end of waking up and putting on a bathing suit, the end of taking showers outside. You know what I mean? So there's just something lost when it it's comes true. to fall. I love fall, I love fall baseball. So All right, T, why don't you say yours? Well, yeah, the fall is the – baseball is the one good thing about the fall. But, yeah, to me, it's the the summer is over. Those hot, hot days. Right. That's, that's what I will miss. I'll miss the fact that you just wake up, you walk out 7, 8 in the morning, you've showered, and it's just right. burning, burning hot. That right, – right. that is the summer. And yeah, you wear the also, same bathing suit like four days in Like a row. you were right. saying, <laughs> moving into September, to me, it signifies exactly the professional year starting. And for me, what I hate <laughs> right. is it's it's football season is coming on, and now that's the thing. And I hate football talk. And just the two things, the NFL season starting, the weather changing, and I don't I don't like that period. You know, thank God we got postseason Yankee baseball. That makes up for it because baseball is better than ever these months. Yes, okay, um, just two things. I'll finish this off. Leva, you'll be surprised or not surprised. The person, people who, a lot of times, the people who hate the fall the most is teachers. They're dreading it the most. Number two, really, I'm actually I have a. It's your time to shine, man. 
I have a specific uh, I have a specific thing that I'm gonna miss. I'm uh I've been swimming in the saltwater pool at the club, just therapeutic in so many ways. I'm gonna miss doing that. All right, guys. So our next episode will review the final Jeter episode. Try and watch it. If not, you know, I'll I'll give a little review myself. All right. See you guys maybe tomorrow or another time. All right. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. All right. All right. See you, Leva. See you, TD. Okay. See ya.